What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam today joined with Matt and Bobby. We ha- had to get Bobby on for uh, what might be the most troubling jet loss uh, of recent memory, definitely of the season so far. And I mean, I can't even put into words how I feel. I, I told these guys prior to the prior to the starting the recording that I was going to sit in the background here and I'm going to let them be the the voice here. So guys, I usually ask McFeely how he's feeling. Don't even want to ask him today. What are you guys feeling about this team? The floor is yours. I mean, I think that's probably for me. I mean, that, that feels like uh, the nail in the coffin to me. I, I feel like, you know, I, I mean, Sam, we talked to just a few days ago and I said, you know, if the Jets lose this game the way that they lost this game last year, don't even bother talking to me about the Jets anymore. I think they're done because if not now, when when is it ever going to happen? Um, and they suffer the the same sort of defeat when you said, you know, it's the worst Jets loss. And, you know, a while, it's the worst Jets loss since the one that felt the exact same uh, last year against New England. So I, I, don't, I don't really know how they bounce back from this, especially hearing already that you know, they're, they're not looking to, to bring in a quarterback and it might be too late anyway. Uh, so this is Zach Wilson's team and we're going to see a lot more games like this one. So, uh, you know, it, it, it stinks, but I, I, I'm definitely less invested now. I just think what's, I mean, what, what are you hoping for? What's the ceiling for the jets? It's not exciting. So yeah, I think that loss being the way that it was, it was as bad as it could have been. And I'm, I'm 70% out. I'll be 100% honest with you guys. That loss didn't really bother me the way it might have bothered like other Jets fans because I wasn't kidding when Rodgers went down and I texted you guys in the group chat, the season was over. The season was over the second he went down because I had zero faith in Zach Wilson then. And I have, if you could have less than zero faith, I have less than zero faith in him now. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, and faith is uh, – a strange word to say here because you know who really had ever any any faith in Zach Wilson or honestly let's like looking back in it I'll even I'm gonna even put throw myself under the uh well what's the whatever the phrase is I, I'll I was kind of optimistic about Zach Wilson I, I thought that you know Rodgers in his ear a uh, couple offensive weapons maybe the the offensive coordinator the system could benefit him nope not I think even, there was a large a portion chance. of the fan base that was like hoping and like thinking that that could have been the case. Like it would have made sense if that happened, but I just don't think he has it. We've seen him against good defenses like the Cowboys. We've seen him against decent defenses like the, I think the Patriots are. I just think Belichick has his number. He knows exactly what to do. Just send the house and hope that he just runs around like an idiot in backfield and just chucks it up. And that's what happened yesterday. Yeah, and, and I think the one play to me that this might be kind of cliche, I guess, but the one play to me that really sticks out and is just like such a culmination of Zach Wilson's tenure here with the Jets. I mean, that that fourth and long where he just checks it down. Yep. Like that he could have – you know what I would have been happier with? I would have been happier if Zach Wilson just – when he caught the, the snap, he just put the ball on the floor and just like held an L in his forehead with his fingers. That would have, that would have been a more competitive play, and I would have respected it a little bit more, seriously, because that was, I mean, as he's throwing, how do you, how do you throw that? Can can either of you explain that to me? There's nothing really to explain. Yeah, it, it wasn't even the worst uh, quarterback play of the week. I would say I feel like uh, Deshaun Watson deciding to throw a pass 15 yards behind him was uh, 
was pretty interesting. But no, Gardner I mean, like, Minshew also went out, out of the back of his own end zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there was a couple. There was a couple tryouts yesterday. We'll yes. talk about that in a minute. But I think yeah. there were a couple jet tryouts yesterday. Some went well, some did not. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, McFeely. No, I mean you're good. But I mean, obviously, the the Jets only give up 15 points here. I don't think the G the defense played on their heads. You know, I think the Patriots dropped a couple interceptions. I think there was a lot of miscues on defense. But I mean, it's another game where where you know no one hurt you but the offense. Mm-hmm. And it brings down the entire team, just the it just the effect it has on everyone, even just myself. So yeah, I I don't really know what else there is to say. We're we're gonna have to sit here and try to seriously preview a, a Jets Kansas City Chiefs game, uh, which is gonna be tough. So, and and I'm happy you brought up you know the effect that Zach Wilson's play I guess has on the rest of the team. My my question to you guys is, and we saw this last year, you know the whole Mike White T-shirts thing. And everyone, all the reports out of, you know, different, you know, Connor Hughes, whoever, whoever covers uh, the Jets or really football. Do you guys really believe that the locker room is still behind Zach Wilson? Or it can't do you think be. There's no way. I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, there's there's no way that these guys can are just walking into the locker room and patting him on the back. There's just no way. There's no, no but, there's, but now there's no, like, I guess there's, I mean, the whole team is just so defeated by it. And now there's really nothing else you can root for. There are no uh, Mike White T-shirts to wear, you know. So this is kind of what you're stuck with because of what happened to you uh, in week one. So it's like it's just deflating now. It's not even like a, a player's rebellion or anything like that. It's just they're just I don't know. I guess they're just sick of losing and they know that nothing's going to change because the head coach tells you week in, week out. You know, there's not a solution coming. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if it was you who asked me, Sam in like the preview pod for week one or with someone else, but someone asked me what would happen if Rogers were to go down with this QB room. And I said, if Rogers were to suffer like a catastrophic injury, like he did the season would be over regardless because there's no one in that room, whether it be Wilson or Tim Boyle that could come in and lead them to the playoffs. And yeah, now we're here and it's come to fruition. It, it come to fruition to a T and it's, it's honestly, the Jets' worst nightmare, and look, you know, people, people dragging, you know, the front office and and whatnot for not getting a backup. Like I get it, right? If you have Rodgers and you're invested in all this, all like all this money in Rodgers and all these assets and whatnot, I get, you know, obviously you want to back up those assets. It's just a smart thing. What what's your guys' stance on that? Do you, is it is it as uh, you know, to me, it's like the everyone kind of makes it sound like it's the end of the world that the Jets kind of didn't quote unquote plan for this. Um, to me, I kind of have a little bit of a different stance. I think it's you shouldn't really doomsday plan when you think you're not gonna have to deal with it. I guess, like, I don't know how, what what's your guys' stance on 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 that whole side of well, the the Jet fans. What I would say is probably exactly what Bobby is gonna say. It's that if Rogers was gonna go down for four to six weeks and yes. we have to deal with this. I think, yeah, you go, man, that's disappointing that we, we just got, to but once Rogers misses the entire season, th- does it really matter? hundred percent. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I, I kind of think that, you know, the, the jets might've said to themselves once that Rogers injury goes down that, you know, what would it look like if if they actually just went and signed a quarterback, you know, that night or the next day? And, you know, they've been telling Zach Wilson and they they've even come out and said 
you know, in the past, I'm sure their tenor on this has changed since, but they've even said that, you know, our plan is Rogers now and Zach Wilson later, you know, do you think that part of this has to do with some sort of like promise they've made to Zach Wilson, or have they kind of talked themselves into a corner with this situation? It's, it's perplexing. It really is. I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's about a promise. I think Zach Wilson's always going to be that, number two overall pick that Joe Douglas made. So I think you kind of try to hang on to that as long as you can. I mean, it's the fact that we're to this point and and no one's just kind of saying this kid just can't play. uh, That's a little bit perplexing, but yeah, I think there's, there's something to that. The fact that he's, you know, the biggest mistake and really the only true blemish on uh, Joe Douglas's record there. And and it was a pick you really couldn't afford to miss on. So I, I think that has something to do with it. So, so then I guess my next question is, do you see a world where, you know, that let's just say, let's just say this is the only win the Jets have this entire season, which was week one against the Bills. Uh, and how ironic would it be if, if the only game that Rodgers started, they won? I think that would be a very, very funny uh, little storyline to go. <laughs> very poetic, right? But what do you think, do you think there's a chance that Douglas doesn't, like, survive this? Like, someone, someone's got to be held accountable a little bit right eventually I, you know i don't think it's you can't it's hard to you might have your own opinions on Salah, and i definitely want to get into the x's and o's of this game but i mean just thinking at a, at a macro level if you had to pick one head to roll here whose would it be i guess i mean i think definitely hackett's head would roll he'd be on the chopping block i i think if the defense were to completely fall apart and we saw like guys like if we saw Salah lose a little bit of control of the locker room, then he could potentially be uh, someone to go. But I don't think that – I think that everyone knows what happened here. We lost – they lost – this is the same t- – I said it yesterday. This is the same team that went 0-7 down the stretch of last season. Outside of, like, a few replacements of few lateral moves, this is the same team that went 0-7 that couldn't score a touchdown in the last four weeks of the season. So yeah, like, I don't think there's anything you can expect differently. And, the and culture you're right, I, that Rogers yeah. has brought makes it difficult to to know who to point the finger at at all, because you say Hackett, and that's probably the best answer right now. But I mean, this is the offense that Hackett is looking to implement is one that we've seen Rogers run, you know, to perfection to back to back MVPs. So it's, I guess, really, it, it's uh, Zach Wilson would be your answer. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't really that you know that's a I think that's expected at this point, honestly, and it's. Uh, I think it's a situation where, you know, Wilson is, is a Douglas guy. Wilson is not a Salah guy. Wilson is not a Hackett guy. So, and guess what they have to work with? Salah and Hackett have to work with Zach Wilson now. So uh, to me, it, it almost screams of, you know, uh, higher up when, when Salah says things like, you know, oh yeah, we're not going to add a quarterback. Zach's, what did he say yesterday? Uh, Zach is the best option in the locker room right now, were his words. Um, Gives us the best chance to win. Sure, dude. I think Randall Cobb might give you a better chance to win at quarterback right now. Um, That leads me to another point. Again, I guess this will be my last really macro point before I want to get into the the nitty-gritty of this game. I'm looking at these guys, right, like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, uh, Dalvin Cook, and all these, you know, acquisitions that they made in the offseason. I, am I in the minority here or am I crazy by saying that like none of these guys look good? And I get 
I get that it's Zach Wilson throwing the ball, not Rodgers, but like Randall Cobb gets his first catch in week three. Uh, I think that was his only catch of the game. And, and I get it. Zach Wilson's throwing the ball. I think Dalvin Cook looks as beyond wash as wash can look. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, am I wrong? Otherwise, other than that, is this roster like, was this a poorly constructed roster to begin with? Well, I don't think Randall Cobb was ever supposed to to really be an impact player for you. I uh, I, I, was, I agree. I, mean, I agree. But, but I would agree with that. But if you look at the snap share he got yesterday, it's out of this world. I'm looking for the stat yeah. right now. And also, right. too, I, I feel like I agree with you. And I, you know, I do agree that obviously Randall Cobb is is a Rogers guy. And I, you know, on Hard Knocks, I think he even said like Rogers, the only reason I'm still playing or whatever his or whatever his words were, but. When if you bring in a guy like Randall Cobb, like you mean to tell me that all right, so Rodgers gets hurt, that means that the, everyone else that Rodgers brought along is just giving up on the season too. Like, isn't don't you bring a guy like Randall Cobb in to help a young quarterback like Zach Wilson? Is sure, that no, kind of like I mean, a my, my point is I just feel like does, does anyone really look good outside of you know the flashes that that Garrett Wilson has because he's able to extend the play and you know, turn it into something it wasn't supposed to be. Does anyone really look good? I mean, even Dalvin Cook, I might agree with you, he's washed. He and Brees Hall had identical games yesterday. Yeah, identically horrible games. And I guess this is where I'll get in, start getting into the X's and O's of this game. Uh, the Jets, obviously, we, we spoke about Zach Wilson, couldn't throw the ball. Everything seemed to be a check down. Zach Wilson finishes 18 of 36, 157 yards, and Hang a banner, guys. Didn't throw an interception. Uh, then you just mentioned tried the to. running backs. Tried desperately to. Just right. couldn't couldn't get one to fall. He did. He was trying. He really was. You're right. He was trying to throw a pick. Uh, I think maybe that would have – maybe if he threw a pick, he would have, like, woken up a little bit. Is that Maybe that's, like, a reverse reverse thing. Um, but then you mentioned the running backs. Dalvin Cook, 8 for 18, leading rusher. Brees Hall, 12 of 18. Now, now Bobby, you'll have a better answer for this. Maybe if there even is an answer, but you know, I keep seeing these first in the, especially in the first half, these first down runs that it's either they're running into the straight blitz and the, the pre-snap read isn't correct or Brees Hall is getting one yard and, and there's nothing even there. there, What was the last time you saw a, you know, the, the, the seed part and a running back go through the hole for the jets. I, I miss it. Week one. Well, Belichick just played the Belichick game against the Jets, against this version of the Jets, and it goes all the way back to what Sam Darnold was, and now it's translating into what Zach Wilson is. They just blitz the house every single play. That you can't run the ball against an eight nine man box. You have to be able to make throws against single coverage with nobody high. The whole game yesterday, they were just running man coverage, flying the safety over to wherever Garrett Wilson was, and then you have to be able to make those throws and. Your other one-on-one matchups. If Randall Cobb can't win a one-on-one matchup, then let me see Nicole Hardman. You know, if Lazard can't win it, then you signed the wrong guy. Zach yeah. Wilson can't make – he can't make these reads. He just has happy feet in the pocket, and it's just what he is at this point. Yeah, and, and it's – it's we, we've been asking for – ever since Zach Wilson got here to, you know, just do the simple stuff and – I don't know if they took that the wrong way and just said, all right, you know what the simple stuff is? Just check it down every time. But, man, I mean, besides the outside of the one drive where they drove down the field, and I'll be honest, I thought Zach Wilson looked great on that drive. Uh, it was – it was there was actually nothing that went on. And, 
you know, there there weren't even you, you would think that you have, like you said, the safety over the top of Garrett Wilson. And, you know, in a good offense and a good functioning offense, you should be able to probably go to your second option to be a threat. And like I said before, no one stepped up. That's they did on that drive on that one touchdown that drive. drive Lazard had a couple of had a couple of completions. But then outside of that, there was nothing. Con- there, Conklin was nothing. like nowhere to be seen. Yesterday, I found I found the the stat that I wanted to go over. Cobb had forty four snaps yesterday. Uh, Hardman had two. Uh, Xavier Gibson, the rookie, had zero. So I think they're leaning way too much on a guy like Randall Cobb. I don't think he gives you anything, especially against a defense like the Patriots that was just giving you straight man coverage the entire game. Right. So why why is Randall Cobb? Why does he get a snapshot like that? Is it is it because that the comfortability you know, he, in just, the packet system? That's the only thing I can think of. Right. Like, is he just there to like and to do what? Coach up during games? Like, what, yeah, what is he for? Instead of a guy like Amico Hardman, who who I think could could actually have a, a genuine impact. I'm I'm thinking of like you know Randall Cobb getting absolutely clamped in like a a man coverage. And him going to the sideline to like the rookie receivers and just saying like, like yeah, guys, that's not how you do it. Yeah. Like that is that what he's is that yeah. really what he's there for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of sad, and I don't mean to keep like you know I think it's like the third or fourth time I brought up Randall Cobb, and I you know obviously the least of the concerns of the Jets I think would is Randall Cobb, but you know I, I just think it's like you said even another guy I totally even forgot about me call Hardman. You saw him on the Chiefs, and he was like a gadget player, but he's got speed. You can't, you couldn't let Zach take a shot to him. Like we see the Giants do with, or not do it with Jalen Hyatt. Uh, don't even get me started about the rest of the offenses in football. I, you know, it's a different sport when you watch the Jet. When I come yeah. home from the Jets game, when I get home at five o'clock after sitting in the rain like a fucking idiot, excuse me. All good. After the game and come home and watch a game like the Chiefs, or if I watch another team. It's a completely different sport. It's not the same. Well, Bobby, the same planet. If you're going to go next week, you're going to get to watch two different sports at the same time. At the same time. That's, two, crazy, that's a right? two for one ticket. Can't get anything better than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So I don't know. What let's 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 talk about this game. What did you guys? Was there anything in this game, uh, maybe from the defense or uh, no. a piece of the offense that you liked? Is there yeah. anything? Nope. Well, the defense played their game. They gave up 13 points. We saw this all last year. And so, what do you think about what do you guys think about the Patriots and how they looked? I didn't. I was not impressed by them. This still, was two bad football teams. This is probably the worst game of the day yesterday. We could just like like take our archived episodes from last year and just post them this year, and no one would know the difference. <laughs> we should. We should really do that. That would be funny if we just posted like. Uh, you could the, post uh, the episode that I said the Dolphins were the best team in football. Yeah, you did. You did say that. Wow, we can make ourselves look good. Maybe. Maybe yeah, we're really. maybe we're so good that we're just like we're seeing a year into the future. That's mm-hmm. that's how good we are. All right, I can get I can get down with that. Um, again, I I didn't I don't think any of us saw uh anything good from the Jets yesterday. Although I will say I think it would have been very very Jets to have caught that hail mary or or Randall Cobb catch that hail mary and it gets to the end zone and I would have I'm very curious to see what the, like the headlines and what everyone would have been saying about the Jets. Because to me, if they went on that Hail Mary and Randall Cobb catches that, which I really thought he was going to when I saw that ball get tipped down for a split second, I think it's probably the same conversation. Is it not? Yeah. 
like how do how do you lose to anyone fifteen times in a row? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's so the same bad. conversation, but I I've said in before the season started that in order to to come out of this beginning stretch of the season and have a hope for the playoffs, you would have had to steal one against the Bills, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, and you did that already. And then you would have had to beat like Denver and the Patriots. And you would have been on track to do that if Red Cobb doesn't fall on his face staring at Hail Mary. But yeah, it, it, it was it, it was just all rough. And you know, if you're if you're not a Jet fan, and I I, I spoke to some people just looking at it from like almost like a, a betting perspective, even. But you look at this game yesterday and and pouring rain, you know, gross, not even pouring rain, but just like that disgusting, misty rain. And you would think that a team like the Jets who doesn't want to throw the ball anyway, that would benefit them. But, I mean, this – Bobby, what what is going on with this run game, really? Because the, the offensive line looks miserable. They've got three or four guys in the offensive line playing out of position, essentially, debatably, I guess. And they, it looks like there's no creativity in the run game. I mean – have Zach Wilson pull the ball on a read option one time, just even if he gets a yard or two, let, let them know it's there. Like we know Zach Wilson can do it with his legs, uh, you know, it, or as a capable runner, I'll say. Um, but like Bobby, what, what's going, why can't they run the ball? I get why they can't pass the ball because they're quarterback. Why can't they run the ball? To me, it's two things. It's the shuffling of the offensive line. Like Elijah Vera Tucker's at a different position every week. It feels like, and it's just the fact that you're one-dimensional. Not even one-dimensional. You have no dimension because you can't throw the ball to set up the run and you can't run the ball to set up the pass. So if you can't do both, then you can't do anything in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, they're not even scared of Zach. You're right. No, you face a nine-man box every week. You can't run on a nine-man box. You have to be able to make those throws and get the defense to lighten up a little bit, and they can't do that. And, and I don't know if, if I, it was just me or, you know, maybe I could be overstating how many times I saw this, but I, I could kind of count maybe three or four off the top of my head, whereas it looked like Zach Wilson checked to a play that resulted in a one-yard run. Yeah. So that's, again, that's those pre-snap reads not making. When the ball's in his hands, not making the right read. And, you know, there, there was – even if you watch the – I think it, was, it wasn't the fourth down play, but the play right before – when I think Zach, uh, he threw it away, was it? Or whatever happened. Whatever the, the incompletion was right before the, the the fourth down check down or whatever it was. He had Michael Carter on a check down absolutely wide open that would have for sure got them a first down. Obviously, at that time of the game, I get it. You don't necessarily want to do that. But it just it's just like stuff like that that you see in the first quarter. And it's like, dude, what? I don't know what he's looking at. And we, McFeely, I know you got on Justin Fields uh, and you sent me a couple, you know, things on Twitter of Justin Fields making bad reads and missing guys just wide open. And I don't know if you guys saw the the still shot of uh, the Dak Prescott interception from yesterday, but it looks like there's like three or four of that. And I don't even have to freeze the screen. I feel like on almost every single play yesterday, I could have said that there was a guy wide open that Zach just didn't see. But I don't know. It's just being a dead horse at this point. He just he yeah. doesn't see yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, well, at least guys, hey, cheers. This is the first of many games this year and the theme of last year where we get to say, hey, the Jets would have won that game if for some competent quarterback play. First time this year. Quarterback, they would have won that game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they had a bad quarterback, quarterback, they would. Yeah, no, it's 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 bad. And I guess I mean, do you guys have any any other topic, any other you know points you want to get to? Because I was just going to bring up potential quarterbacks that. uh, Yeah, but but for what they don't want to do do it, so it's like you know. But at some point, like you know, we mentioned we mentioned the locker room. At some point, you're going to start really losing these guys, and they're going to become open about you know not being happy about what the, what Zach is doing. I'm, I'm I think I, I think there's only two people that make it worth making the move, and that's I think a Stafford or a Cousins. I, I think agree. outside of that, what what are you really doing? Are, are you like you just want to really fight for those eight wins? That I don't really know that if you don't get one of those two guys, I'm not really sure that it even makes sense. Especially now, it's like it's a little too late. How Isn't interesting like, would it be if they were to trade for Kirk Cousins and then they make the playoffs and Roger says he's ready to go in December and R- Cousins is lighting it up? You mean Kirk Cousins, the one that they they passed on originally? Yes, the same uh, one. The same guy, yeah. Well, I mean, I have my own thoughts about Kirk Cousins, but it would. It, I'm a you big know, Kirk guy. I'm I'm, I'm an a an big anti Kirk guy. Uh, but uh, well, I guess well, I'll answer that is. I kind of disagree with the what you guys say about, you know, making it worthwhile. I think that, you, you know, forget the record, forget, you know, how the team is performing. There's got to be a point where you're slapping your defense across the face by not get, not doing something. And I think that, you know, I don't think you're going to lose guys like Darren Wilson. I don't think you're going to lose guys like, you know, the Lazard, Randall Cobbs, you know, the guys we just kind of went over. But at some point, you you keep saying that, you know, yeah, we're going to stick with Zach. We're going to stick with Zach. And like, again, like we said last year, you keep consistently putting your defense on the field and, you know, uh, God forbid, right. God forbid, you know, in a third quarter of, of next week, when the chiefs are up 30 to nothing and the jets defense has been on the field for three quarters of the game uh, and someone gets hurt on the defense, then what happens? Right. Cause then it's all right. Now, not only are you, you're hurting the team's record, you're potentially like injured. You're putting us in not the best position. You know, these guys think about it from a defensive perspective again, and I get it. I get the team thing. I get it. But it's at a point you got to kind of understand that the putting these guys in, in so many more snaps than they need to be is they, that's, I don't know how much they, they want that. I mean, it's a fair point, I guess, to, to just do a favor to your locker room to bring someone in. But that's that's more so. So I, that's where I'm, I'm kind of disagreeing away, with you guys. People don't give away quarterbacks. Like, are you willing to pay that sort of price, you know, j- just to keep some people happy for a couple weeks? Well, one one guy that I thought kind of came to my mind and I kind of jokingly said it yesterday. But in when after, you know, after thinking about it, I kind of talked myself into it a little bit by making said joke. I said, you know, right before the game started, I would have been, I said, you know, who would have been a great guy to just like, let's just say, for instance, as the day after they, they, that Rogers gets hurt, they made a move for a Jacoby Brissett, right? Let's just say, so then let's say they give Zach, you know, one or two weeks, uh, or they'll give Zach one week to kind of figure it out. They lose against the Cowboys. They lose against the, uh, the Cowboys. And then they, they go to Jacoby Brissett for a game against the Patriots. And jokingly, I said, you know, Jacoby Reset would be an interesting one because, you know, what the Patriots have it out for the Jets, but you'd imagine that Jacoby Reset has a little bit of, you know, disdain for the Patriots and maybe he's 
you know, even 5% more up for a Patriot game than, you know, your average quarterback. I think that's a name that, you know, we've, we've seen thrown around and he's, he comes from the Patriots. He's played in the, the uh, AFC East before he has starting uh, yeah, but, poten- but, potential. Whole, I mean, it just, he just makes you competitive. I think. No, I, I, I think that's fair, but getting up for the Patriots, you need more than you haven't beat them in 14 straight meetings. I mean, yeah, honestly, yes. They should be up for that game. It didn't look like it. Uh, it, it did, like it, to me, it didn't even just like the energy. I don't, you know, you can tell me any stat you want about, you know, like you said, snap count or, uh, you know, any stat really. I think I, it's I impossible to have any energy it. with this guy under center. I don't think. And, and, I think that's just that's my point. You're slapping the you're slapping the defense across the face by putting him out there. I'd be shocked with all this being said. I'd be shocked if there wasn't a move made because I don't. I don't think the front office could survive if you were to go this entire season with just Zach Wilson and not address it at all. I think that would be a fireable offense. But um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if there is a right answer. I mean, there is there. There's no one else. There's no. Oh my god! There's not Joe Flacco. There's no one else that you guys can even think about that you know, might, might possibly be a, a good ad or cause I'm looking you got to look at like one year. You're right. Cause I think Rogers is back next year. And uh, if we're just talking like a rental, like a free agent pickup, yes, I would yes. be very interested in seeing like the report came out yesterday. I'd be interested in Wentz. I'd be interested in Matt Ryan, but they don't move the needle for me really like incredibly. I think the move is Kirk if he becomes available, but Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. Is there a potential deal that you might you might find there? <laughs> like, I I don't even know what what the like a price for a Kirk Cousins would be. I think it's hard to make the deal because right now the Jets cannot trade either their their either their first or their second round pick because they are pending the Rodgers um, stipulation. So it might be kind of difficult to pull that off logistically. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just so bad now. It, it's I, I, again, I'm kind of on the, I'm on the fence about who, what I think the Jets should do. If anything, at quarterback. And it's, I, I really think Stafford's want... interesting too. I didn't even think about that. But McFeely and I constantly talk about how we think the Rams are kind of like low key. Good. Like, I, I don't, don't think like, they good. might, it's Monday, Monday afternoon that we're recording this. They might win tonight. And if they win tonight, they're not trading Stafford. I don't, no. I mean, I don't think they're trading Stafford in the first place, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind, and I, this would be, I guess, uh, organization shifting, but like, I, I don't know. Do the Bears trade Justin Fields? I don't think you want that. I'm not getting in, into that. Yeah. I, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. that. Kind of, kind of talking in, in fantasy land a little bit here, but like, you know, just just looking across the scape of the league, did we? I mentioned the the quarterback tryouts. Did Andy Dalton impress you? I mean, I feel like Andy Dalton's a guy that can come in and do the same things that we talked about, like a joke Jacoby Brissett can do. Yeah, I agree, and I think I think Gardner Minshew also falls into that. Um, They're not going to get rid of him now, though. Minshew, that's not going to be something you could pry away from them with Richardson having the concussion issues. Yeah, they're what probably about... going to sit Richardson moving forward if he's ready this yeah. week. 
Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, what about what about a guy like Tannehill? I'd be interested in Tannehill. Yeah, because they're one and two right now. They're they're keeping Derrick Henry on a very very low snap count, and like I know they they signed DeAndre Hopkins, but they keep losing. They're gonna who's their backup quarterback? Malik Willis, is that correct? Willis, and they drafted Will uh, Will Levis this year. Ah, interesting. So they so I mean they're gonna have to eventually move on from Tannehill. Yeah, the writing's already on the wall there. I think Tannehill would actually be an interesting one. Yeah, I think I think it's very, very intriguing. I, and then I, I'm I'm just looking up and down the league now. How about uh, a I, Texans guy from the past couple of years? His name. I mean, right younger now guy. It's, it's Stroud. I know no, that, but yeah, the guy they drafted two years ago. I'm, the only one that comes to mind with with the Texans is uh, Case Keenum. No, I gotta look it up. Um, I'm not sure. Is he uh, is what kind of what kind of player is he? He's like a game manager type or Davis Mills. Davis Mills could be Davis one that Mills. could be available. Isn't he Rutgers alum? I don't think, think so. Rutgers. I don't think so. Why did I? Why did I just make that up then? Um, uh, let's see. He would be a Stanford vehicle. Stanford, close. Rutgers or Jace. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, looking around this league, it's. I I'm not gonna go around and look at every single backup on every single team here, but like, man, it's the the landscape is is really ugly. But I, I guess I guess what I can kind of uh, uh, some I guess not a not even a silver lining, but if you want to kind of wish upon a star that something can change quick is, you know, everyone thought that when Jared Goff went to the Lions, that very questionable move, but he found the right system. Jared and Goff is so good, bro. Ja- I, I, I know you like Lions. Jared Goff. <laughs> but, like, again, he, when, when Jared Goff – correct me if I'm wrong. When Jared Goff first went to the Lions, people were like, is it like – I don't know. where They weren't very high on the move at all. And then yeah, but, like, he was, never, into he was never that bad. Though. People were ready to give up on him. That is true, though. People were ready to – Yeah, so, uh, you know, a guy like I, – I, I, I'm if I had to put our name, I think my vote would be Jacoby Brissett because I just think – he he fits what the what the Jets would want to do on offense with him, and I just I like him. I like him as a player. I I do, and I you know I kind of talked myself into that. And like I know McFeely said, you know you should be up for the the Jets anyway. I mean the Patriots anyway. But I think a guy who has a little bit of a tie to the that Patriot organization, and they, remember they kind of didn't want him. So I don't know. I've talked myself into it, I guess. But. Uh, I mean, I, I, Bobby, I, I, thanks for coming on. Of course, I, I guess thank you. Thanks for sharing, sharing or loathing in our misery. I'll say, and Always uh, love to spread my misery. Yeah, and we'll. Uh, I don't know if you'll have time later in the week to, or even if you want to preview this, this uh, Chiefs Jets yeah, primetime vehicle. Correct. Yes, primetime vehicle uh, Sunday night, first Sunday night game in over ten years for the Jets. Oh yeah, I'm locked in. You, return, you to, there, return to primetime. I will definitely be there. No way, really. Are you wearing a Chiefs uh, a Chiefs jersey? Maybe. I haven't decided on what jersey is going to be. Oh, you got the Andy Reid shirt. I do have the Andy Reid shirt. Wow! Please yeah, wear that's that. What I would do. <laughs> that please, please, please wear that. Just throw a jet over. Would your fellow season ticket holders around you be upset? Yes, they actually probably would. No way, really. Yeah, because it's the same guys that have yeah, yeah. been around for the past few years. Like you, kind of like know the guys around you after having yeah. season tickets for so long. So now, I guess let me let me ask you, what's their uh, kind of are are they like the big the big boors or are they 
kind of just like beside themselves like we are or what kind of what kind of fans are these everyone in the 300 sections is a booer okay interesting they were were they how uh how loud were they yesterday or when was the let me ask you this when was the loudest they were booing uh i believe it was when the jets came out on third down and wilson threw the ball in the dirt on a screen pass oh yeah that was a good one (laughs) i think that was the worst of the boos yesterday Played a really I, fundamental, fundamental sound game at quarterback. Really, I thought. Yeah, you really oh, something, something to write home about, Bobby. You should show it to your, uh, show it to your quarterback room and just say, this watch the watch the jet game and, and don't do it a, a lick of what he does, and you'll you'll be successful. That's your motivation for the week. <laughs> I'll bring a brick down the film for them. Got it. All right, well, Bobby, thank you very much. Uh, McPhilly and I are going to get to around the league right now. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, right into it we go. We have the week four analysis, picks, free money, whatever you want to call it here. And we're going to start with the Thursday night game that happened last night. Uh, Matt, real quick on this, since it's already over, we're obviously not going to pick it. I said in the pre-show, I probably would have picked the Packers. So good thing our schedules kind of maybe didn't align this week and I wasn't able to pick the Packers. But quick, give me your two cents on the game last night. Um, well, with a big fantasy matchup going on, I'm just glad that Aaron Jones really pounded the football and was able to to uh, to allow me a, a good amount of points on a Thursday night there against you. Um, so that was good. I think the Packers were a little bit disappointing getting back your wide receiver one. I know they were missing some help on the offensive line, and that's tough. Uh, I think Jordan Love's been fine. I think like out of out of all you know, all the four games he's played this year, I don't think he's really had a, a stinker yet. I think last night was the closest you'd probably come, uh, and they and they still started to battle back a little bit. So, yeah, I thought I I kind of agree with all of that. I thought I do think Jordan Love is still you know he's a young quarterback. He, those big primetime games, you know, they're 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 going to be tough wins. Um, but and then as to the Lions, I I think my exact quote in one of our chats was the Lions were just running perfect offense yesterday, perfect bootlegs, perfect mix of. Obviously, maybe not to fantasy owners' uh, happiness, but perfect mix of Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. Amon Ra is one of the best receivers in the league. I, I think this Lions team is, if Jared Goff can consistently, you know, not turn the ball over and can consistently run this offense like they ran it last night, they could be a sneaky team here going forward. It um, makes you think, like, why can't the Jets be like that? I mean, if you, if you stack the teams up, you know, I, I feel like the running backs are similar. Um you know, I mean, obviously the reason is Zach Wilson, but I feel like the, the Jets have an opportunity to run an offense sort of like Detroit, uh, as opposed to the robotic one that we see now where you sort of know what's coming every first down, every second down, every third down. I don't know why the Jets can't run an offense more like Detroit. They're a fun team to watch. You and me both, and I think the best way that can be summed up is if Jared Goff went to the Jets instead of the Lions when he, I guess, he'd be out of the league. The, of the league. I, exactly. So... Whatever. We've already talked enough sad Jets. Let's get to uh, the first game of this Sunday slate, which is actually the 930 London game. The Falcons face the Jaguars, technically a Jaguars home game. Jaguars are favored by three in this game. Yeah, I mean, well, it is a Jaguars home game. I mean, I, I would say that they belong to London, uh, obviously, more than any other team in the NFL. Uh, I think the Jaguars are, are three point favorites in London, so it's it's pretty even. Uh, you and I love the Falcons. 
I just feel like I don't get what's going on with Trevor Lawrence right now, and there has to be some sort of uh, get-right game. I would think that maybe this would be the one. Um, so I, I like the Jaguars, but with hesitancy, because, I mean, they've been, like, almost under the radar disappointing. Like, we all know that they've sort of started off slow, but I don't know. Just just, like, one of the more disappointing starts in the NFL, I would say. Yeah, and I, I'm on the Jaguars too in this game, though. And I, but I do agree. I think that they, uh, they definitely have been, you know, their expectations after you know winning an unbelievable playoff game last year, you know, getting to the playoffs, getting their feet wet in the playoffs. Their expectations are playoffs this year. So anything less than that, uh, I think is going to be seen as a failure for that that yeah. uh, organization. But um, I think your your first couple lines you said about them kind of being used to London and almost pretty much being London's team is going to benefit them and not necessarily like from a fan engagement perspective, but just the fact that they'll all the Jaguars staff and personnel are going to know the routine, know how to deal with everything leading up to the game. I thought about making the Jaguars my my one of my picks this week. I veered away. I'll when the game comes about, I will bring up if it is my pick or not. But I'm going to go with the Jaguars here uh, just in a regular uh, giving side there. Yeah, um, I don't love them. I just feel like like when you look at the game and say, who needs this more? I think the Falcons would be almost thrilled to come out with a loss and be 2-2 two and two after uh, four weeks, whereas yeah. the Jaguars really can't afford to start 1-3. and three. It's a tough hole to dig yourself out of. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they they better win that game. Yeah, I good point. I agree. I think one team smiles and one team is still sad if they win this game. Uh, next game, the this is going to be one of my picks, the Buffalo Bills giving two and a half hosting the America's darling 3-0 Miami Dolphins, who just hung a 70-burger on the Denver Broncos, your second favorite team. I'm, I'll let you know what my side is as my pick. You give me your two cents. Yeah, uh, this is, I mean, I, I would love to grab Miami. I think they've just been a just a better team than Buffalo overall. I think even last year, they probably stacked up against Buffalo better if they just, you know, if they could just avoid the injury bug. Um, but I do think there is something to maybe going to Buffalo here. Um, I do think the Dolphins are a better team than the Bills overall. I, I, I just I think that that's the way it's going to be. But here, I, I think in Buffalo, I, I mean, are the Dolphins going to go 16-0? and 0? It, It's got to come somewhere. I'll take the Bills here, uh, but that's two games we've picked so far, and I, I don't really love either one. Well, I'm going to agree with you, but I'm gonna, I am love it. I love – give me the Bills here, minus two and a half. It's going to be my one-point play this week. I think the Bills showed me something last week. Uh, I think the first two weeks, maybe first – obviously the first week to the Jets might have been a little bit of a sleepwalk for the Bills. I think they're going to turn it on. Uh, and, I, I, again, they I really like them at home. And pretty much, you know, we talk about getting three, two-and-a-half points for a home, a home line. This is a toss-up here. I'll take I'll take the Bills in a toss up at home every day of the week. So, give me the Bills well, minus two and a half. Just as part of a larger conversation, I mean, I don't know how swept up you are in the first couple of weeks, but I just think moving forward, I guess, who do you have more faith in out of these two teams? Or you know, let, let's say if the Dolphins and Bills played a simulated seventeen game season, uh, you know, who, who's getting the better of the other in your opinion? I'm still I'm still going to lean the Bills for a couple reasons because. I think that there's something to, you know, three games, albeit very impressive for the Dolphins, especially putting up, putting up 70 points and having as an explosive offense as they do. Obviously very impressive. Don't want to take anything away from them. But we're talking about like a three-game sample size here for the Dolphins, whereas the Bills have been in, you know, top of the AFC playoff contention for 
what the last three four years so i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna stay tried and true with my pick here uh and as for your question too i, I believe i kind of like the bills going forward they i was on the fence about them after you know week two week one going being one and one but then i think week three they kind of looked themselves in the mirror and i think it's going to be uh they're they're going to be sprinting now they're going to start hitting their stride so uh, give me as the soon bills as Bobby and- said that the Dolphins were the best team in the conference, I, I put all my eggs in that basket. I'm all in. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, the next game, the this is game of the like, week. Yeah, I'll let I'll let you introduce this one. Go ahead. <laughs> so really, a, a star-studded matchup here. Uh, the Denver Broncos uh, under new head coach Sean Payton. They've been firing on all cylinders. Uh, really stout defensive play so far. Uh, going to the Bears, who just, I mean, in their own right, who have just been outstanding. Uh, this is one of those games you don't want to miss. This is one of those, you turn off red zone and you watch uh, the Broncos-Bears because you really, you might see something special. Um, Broncos in Chicago, three and a half point favorites. Weird, right? After getting yeah, 70 so, hung yeah, on them. I mean, two, two oh and 3 teams here. I, I mean... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Denver. I'm, I'm gonna go Denver, but I mean, it, there's gonna be one of these games, or there's gonna be there's gonna come a point in the season where Chicago has nothing else to lose, and they start playing sort of the brand of football they played uh, the second half of last year. Um, and I think that that's maybe when you'll start to see Justin Fields be more Justin Fields. But I, I think this game right here, I, I think the Broncos are embarrassed. The defense has to be. Sean Payton has to be. And the Bears are obviously a terrible football team. So not like you're not, but I think you go there and win that game. I'm going to actually disagree with you here. I'm, I'm on the Bears plus three and a half. I, you know, I'm, call me a sucker for a, a home dog. Call me a, you know, uh, a sucker for Justin Fields, as you know, is I, I am a big Justin Fields fan. But I think this is a case of the Broncos, one team that has just, I, I think they have it figured out, but they're just bad versus a team that I think is good, but just doesn't have it figured out yet in the Bears. And I think that I'm going to, I'll bank on them every week to kind of, you know, figure it out in a home game against, you know, just a really bad defense. If the Bears don't win this game, there's there's no excuse. They're gonna, there's going to be uh, alarms set all over this organization if they don't win this game. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Bears back back against the wall. I think that the, I think they're, when they figure it out, and I, I they, maybe this is the week they do, I think the Bears will figure it out, and they'll be. They might be the Broncos handily if they figure well, it out. There's going to be a defense they figure it out against. My this point. Yep. One. Yep. Exactly. You know, and if they don't, then they'll never. They're never going to figure it out. So I'm going to just take my coin flip here and the home team figuring it out at home. Um, next game. This is an interesting one. This is uh, this is going to be a you know nice divisional game. Two teams with, you know, always that I feel kind of tough games. Ravens plus one. In Cleveland. Uh, I mean, you'd have to say Ravens, right? This is another line that's that's uh, a little off to me. Uh, I think I think Ravens trending upwards, Browns trending downwards. I, I feel like that's simple math there. I, I, does this line not confuse you? It, it, very confusing. And I think the Ravens, I think this is a case of People are got too high on the Browns. They got to get a good win last week. Although you know Deshaun Watson throws it behind him, uh, they still Deshaun wanted Deshaun Watson's better games as a Brown. And then the flip side, Ravens lose a terrible game to the Colts with a backup quarterback in and Gardner Minshew. 
And I think it's a little bit of an overreaction on both sides. I mean, I'm going to take the Ravens to win this game straight up. So, obviously, I'll, I'll take the plus one as well. I'm going to do the same. Yeah, and I just think they're the better team. You know, obviously, no Nick Chubb uh, for the, the Browns. And, you know, Jerome Ford could be good in fantasy. And, you know, Kareem Hunt is there now as well. But, uh, you know, I think that this uh, this Ravens defense is, just like you said about the Broncos possibly, this Ravens defense is not happy about, you know, losing that game last week. So, uh, give me the Ravens here. The next game, the Cincinnati Bengals, one and two Cincinnati Bengals, head to Tennessee and play the Titans. Titans are plus two and a half at home. I don't know what to think. I mean, obviously Cincinnati got a a much needed first win the other night. I I still, I mean, do you see them winning any games like this? I mean, this is going to be a tough divisional game where they, I still don't know how to feel about their quarterback. Uh, They're lucky to be one and two. I think the Titans have played better than one and two. So at home, I think I, I, I want to pick the Titans here. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough line at only two and a half. But, uh, you know, my heart says Titans. That's where I'm going to go. Again, I'm going to flip with you again. I'm just going to take better team here. I think the Bengals kind of maybe figured something out last week. And again, just like I said about the Bills, maybe week one and two were just kind of them, you know, sleepwalking into the season, getting the uh, kicking the rust off. And again, I know Burrow might not be 100 percent, but gets out of the game, uh, you know, relatively healthy gets a whole week to, to rehab and or an extra week to rehab the the calf, I believe it is, his injury is. Um, and I think this is, uh, we're going to look back at this game and, you know, if this game happens in week eight or nine, this might be a totally, totally different line. So um, I'm going to take the Bengals there, minus two and a half. The next game, uh, the Indianapolis Colts just mentioned they beat the Ravens in a upset last week. Minus one at home against the one and two Rams. Another very confusing line to me. I will sit this out because I will be picking this game. Ah, okay. All right, so I'm going to give my lean. I'm taking the Rams plus one. I'm going to I'm gonna guess that that's going to be your pick too because we've spoken highly of the Rams. Um, Anthony Richardson back under center for the Colts, I believe. Uh, last, last I checked, it looked like he had practiced, so I believe he'll be back under center for them, but... Another coin flip there. Uh, I'll, I'll wait to see. I'll wait to see what you have to say about that. I am a big Gardner Minshew guy, so. So, are, is this pick? Um, I don't want to give your lean yet, but is this pick reliant on who the starting quarterback is for the Colts? It would it flip one way or the other? No. Interesting. 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 Okay. All right. So we'll get to the next game then. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers face the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. New Orleans favored by three and a half. No Derek Carr, I believe. I believe it'll be Jameis Winston under center for the Saints. I am also picking this game, and I will wow. sit out once more. Wow, another sit out by you. Interesting. I, I did think about this game, too. I'm going to take the Bucks plus three and a half. Very, very much thought about the Bucks as an underdog pick this week, which might very well be your lean now that I kind of say it out loud. So I, I like the Bucks though, with the points. And, you know, Jameis Winston, guy's going to come in. Try and make a statement, begging for he's gonna beg to throw it down the field. And you know, he might be successful. I don't like betting against teams that are playing in New Orleans. I think it's a good uh, home home field advantage for them. But I think James Winston, he's gonna be due for a pick or two. I think Todd Bowles will have his guys ready. And uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it when James Winston hops off the bench and and, and beats the two and one Buccaneers. So yeah, I mean, it's go. only been like what 400 days since his last NFL interception. I mean, he's got to be itching. At yeah. This point. He's, he might, he might throw six, honestly. Yeah. He, he just yeah. wants to, 
Um, all right, but we'll wait it out for, for your two picks there. The next game, big NFC East matchup. The Eagles at home, 3-0, giving 8.5 to the 2-1 Commanders. I feel like last week, all the sort of positivity around the Commanders started to evaporate a little bit. Because the first couple of weeks, we were all saying, you know, especially, you know, leading into the season after the preseason, saying, you know, Sam Howell looks pretty good. And I feel like just it took one week uh, for the Bills to just slap that taste out of everyone's mouths. Uh, I mean, they're going into Philly. Why would Philly not win by at least 10? Um, I like the Eagles. Me too. I, I And I agree with pretty much everything you just said. Although I will say that. I think the the commander's defense is fine, and I think that they they hung in that game for a, a little bit there last week. Commanders did. I just think Sam Howell had a you know a big. They they say rookies hit like speed bumps. I think he had a big speed bump that he hit uh, last week. So I don't think they're as bad as they were last week, but I, I still think the Eagles can cover eight and a half here. The next game, the Vikings head to Carolina and play the Panthers. This is another battle of two zero and three teams. Yeah. The Panthers are plus four and a half at home. It, I believe Bryce Young is under center for the Panthers this week. I mean, you'd have to think. How many games did Minnesota win last year? You'd have to think they're going to scratch out a win here just on sheer just offensive uh, production. They're, they're going to have to win a game, and why not it be against the Panthers? I just I just think they're a, you know they're, they're they're a more proven commodity than the Panthers are. I think that there's guys you could point to on the Vikings where you say, yeah, they, they should. They should be able to win that game. So uh, I think the Vikings get to one and four. Congratulations to them. And uh, I think they cover four and a half on the road. Yeah, I think the, uh, I, you know, I don't think the Panthers are, I think I said they're an unserious team. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are good at all, regardless of who the quarterback is. And I think, you know, again, I, I think Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are not as bad as 0-3, but, you know, I don't think it's too far off of what they are. They're just not a really good football team. I, I think the Panthers do win this game, however. Panthers given I mean, I'm sorry. The Vikings win this game. Vikings giving four and a half. The next game, the Pittsburgh Steelers head to Houston and play the Texans. Texans are plus three at home. Uh, another sort of interesting line. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've never been that high on this Pittsburgh Steeler team, kind of, you know, like everyone else has been. Um, I, I just I haven't really seen it. Uh, can, can they cover three going into Houston though? Probably. Um, yeah, I, I'll take Pittsburgh, but I mean that's not a game I'm going to touch or watch. I think I'm I think I'm going to agree with you. I, I think Pittsburgh as well. Although I I will say from a betting perspective that this this is a game that I will not touch. I agree with you 100. percent uh, I think this. I could see this game going either way. I like what I've seen out of C.J. Stroud. He loves to throw the ball down the field, uh, and, and against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense, that I don't know how that's going to bear because they're going to have their de- that defensive line absolutely giving Stroud fits. Um, but in the same token, I don't know how much I'm sold on this Steelers offense. There's something something off about this Steelers offense, and I, I don't know if it's Kenny Pickett. I don't know if it's the the lack of production out of Najee Harris, but. Uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Just give me, give just, me Mike their, Tomlin. Their weapons offensively are just they're, – they're, they're, they don't live up to any of the hype. Like, they're sort of pedestrian. Like, they have, like, maybe three wideouts on that team who had a moment. You're like, oh, this is going to be a guy. And now, like, they're all kind of just fine. And I think your quarterback's just fine. 
and I think your running back is just fine. So, but they have a great coach, so I think that's yeah. that's where they're saving grace is there. So I'll take the Steelers minus three. Next game, this is the four oh five slate. The Raiders head to play the Chargers minus five and a half. Chargers are home. Both these teams one and two. I'm taking the Chargers. I think the Raiders are not good. There's some rumors about Devontae Adams possibly being traded and kind of him being a little bit unhappy, we'll say, with the situation over there. I don't like to bet where there's smoke, there's fire uh, places. So I'm going to take the Chargers minus five and a half. Yeah, I lean the same way because of everything you just said. And and then plus, uh, we don't know who's playing quarterback for the Raiders this week. So should the, should the Chargers cover? Uh, should they win by a touchdown at home? Sure, they should. I mean, they're 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 the better team. Uh, I don't see them falling into a one and three hole and and getting upset by a team like the Raiders. I just don't. I don't think that happens. So yeah, I I agree. And I think you know, especially like like you said with the Vikings, they kind of have to win this game to have any hope of doing anything. And I think the same can be said for the Chargers. I mean, same can be said for the Raiders too. But I don't know how high the Raiders' expectations were. Definitely not higher than the Chargers though. So. Uh, I think we'll both be on the Chargers giving five and a half there. And then this next game, this was also going to be one of my picks. The Patriots head to Dallas and play the two and one Cowboys. Cowboys favored by six and a half. I got burned on the Cowboys last week when I made them an official pick. Um, I don't know how that happened. I'm still very high on them and I'm very low on New England. I think if the Jets had a bad quarterback, they might have beat New England by two touchdowns last week. Uh, so why wouldn't Dallas do that? Uh, give me Dallas at home I, I, to, to to eviscerate New England, really. I think they should win by 20 points. And that is why it is my two-point pick, the Dallas Cowboys. With the hook, six and a half at home. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. The, to, you know, the Patriots won that game against the Jets last week, albeit, you know, like you said, despite of a horrific quarterback play from the Jets, only 10 points put on the board. And then, believe it or not, the Jets had multiple chances there at the end of the game to win that. So, uh, you know, sure, a win's a win is a win, but I don't know. You're going to tell me they're going to go into Dallas and and keep this within a touchdown after Dallas also, you know, think about the mental side of this, also just lost to uh, an Arizona Cardinal team, and they are most definitely not happy about that one. So uh, give me the Cowboys minus six and a half. I think I think this number should be a lot higher, more maybe like eight and a half, nine even, uh, yeah, if I was making that's, it. So that's a short pick. Uh, the next game, we'll I guess we'll just kind of breeze over this because we've we've kind of you know been over both of these teams. We'll say, but the 49ers, the three and 49 ers hosting the Cardinals. 49ers are favored by fourteen big points. Yeah, this is like a very similar game to the Sunday night one here. This is kind of like the appetizer to uh, Jets Chiefs. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Give me the four. I mean, the, the Cardinals score a lot of points, I, I guess, for, for a team that we didn't think was going to do much of anything. But I'm not going to be the guy that sits here and and takes the uh, <laughs> the Cardinals over the over the Niners just for shock value. So give, yeah. give me San Francisco to take care of business. Same. You know what would be so gutsy? I'm, I'm also on 49ers. What would be gutsy is, you know, I'll give you, if you want to take the Cardinals here, I'll give you six points for your picks if you take them straight up to win. <laughs> I, I already thought about doing that. Like, you know, every now and then I make, like, just a big alternate spread parlay. I thought about just trying to get the Cardinals at, like, plus, you know, 26 or something. Yeah. Uh, very, very possible. You might need that in this next game, though. Sunday night, 
the big, big Jets Chiefs Taylor Swift Bowl, as annoying as that is already. The Jets are plus eight and a half at home. I don't, I mean, this is, I don't feel good about, I think this line should be 10 plus. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like that line is high. It's it's a it's a hefty line, and, and they're they're still giving too much love to the Jets. I don't I don't think the Jets can can operate in a way to even keep this close for more than a half. I really don't. I was listening to um, Dan Grosso, who does pre and post of the Jets, and there was something he said the other day that kind of stuck with me the last couple days, where he said that before that week one game Monday night nine eleven. He had a, a moment to speak with Nathaniel Hackett. This is like maybe an hour before kickoff, two hours before kickoff. And he said that as he spoke to Hackett, Hackett said, you know, uh, sort of uh, on their, as they were ready to go their separate ways, Hackett had said, you know, this is finally the offense that we want to run here. Uh, you know, we meaning obviously him and Aaron Rodgers, and they had so many great years in Green Bay, but obviously there was still input from, you know, your head coach and Matt LaFleur and all that. So when it comes out last week that Hackett says, well, you know, this isn't really the offense that we put together. We're, we're trying to, this was curated towards Aaron Rodgers and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to make this work for Zach Wilson. I think there's a, there's a real, that's a real thing. I think, I don't think that, uh, you know, I'm not sure that any quarterback really can just come in here and just figure out an offense. That's just simply not for them. Uh, I think with all that said, Zach Wilson is still Zach Wilson. Uh, you're, you're, you know, the the journeyman quarterback you brought in isn't going to be ready for a few weeks. I do expect to see him after the Denver game, but I just think for a kid who already seems to not know what he's doing, this is a team making a lot of changes on the fly. There's a lot of pressure on the kid too. As much as I can't stand him, I mean, as can you think of any other athlete who has had to endure this sort of going into work every day, knowing no one can stand you or you know, just every single headline is about you or this Jets player said that or that Jets player said this. How are the Jets going to go in there and just handle Kansas City? I, I don't see it. I think I, I think they might surprise you on defense. I think this might be one of those games where you go like, oh, okay, like maybe if, if they could just put a couple drives together. But I just don't see that happening. So can I see the Jets losing by 10 to 14 points and, and being like almost thrilled about it? Sure. Um but I don't think they have a chance to cover the number. Uh, they don't have a chance to shock the world. Uh, I think this is going to be lost just simply because how many points are they going to score? Because we know that 10 is not going to be enough. 17 is not going to be enough. I'm not sure that 21 is going to be enough against a team like the Chiefs. And, I mean, what, what are the Jets good for? 15, 14 points max? So, yeah, give me uh, give me Kansas City. I think the Jets fall to 1-3. and three And for, for a... An organization in a locker room that's just falling apart at the seams right now. Maybe not the the best time you want to see uh, Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs and all that. But yeah, this is going to be a tough Sunday night game. I heard you're going to be in attendance. That's awesome. I mean, you get to go watch Patrick Mahomes. I hope you have some Chiefs gear. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see an exciting game. But like I said uh, earlier with Bobby, I'm sort of I'm sort of out. So uh, it won't kill me if they lose by fifty. And uh, just for the record, I will be in attendance, but I didn't buy my tickets until Taylor Swift confirmed she was there. So that's the only reason I'm going. Um, but I'm thinking about doing the same thing, so don't even make fun. Okay. <laughs> um, couldn't agree with you more. Really, I don't need. Definitely don't need to. Doesn't need to 
be repeated at all. Um, I, I think you're right. A big, big statement there you said was if the Jets lose by 10, they might feel good about themselves. But, you know, we, we say when we talk about the entire league and when we talk about the, the Jets' inability to move the ball, that, you know, when we think about the entire NFL, if you score 21 points or in order to, to win a game, you need to probably score 21 points on most cases. Well, that's that's on average. Right. But then you have this Chiefs team that is in a historically amazing offense uh, for many for what, five years now or so or since Mahomes has been in the league. And then the sneaky thing about the Chiefs this year, their defense is good. So that's not a good recipe here for the Jets at all. I think they get run out of their building, and I think uh, what is this game going to be on NBC Sunday Night Football or Peacock? Yeah, Peacock will be smiling from ear to ear that they have Taylor Swift to show in the second half of this game because they're not. Yeah, Taylor show Swift kind of saved this game because you're not yet at the point of the schedule where you can flex. So Taylor Swift kind of uh, saved the NFL here. But yeah, with an offense like Kansas City's, who can just pick up chunks and chunks, just like at the blink of an eye if you can't pick up any first downs again and I, and I think they'll struggle just as much as they did last week if not more as soon as you start losing the the battle of field position this game's over how many times can you can you give Mahomes the ball within 50 to 60 yards of the end zone it's just I think they're gonna get pounded it's gonna be tough yeah it, it is definitely gonna be a rough watch um so I think just implication-wise, the last thing I wanted to hit on with this game is what if if this game goes as poorly as it did last week? Like, remember how I was saying last week before the Patriots game, like, man, if they lose this game exactly the way I feel like they're gonna, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a big deal. This is gonna and and I feel like that kind of proved to be true. I mean, like I just said, we're we're kind of seeing this organization fall apart at the seams. Are there any implications to this one if the Jets just get clapped and Zach Wilson does not look good? Like, is there anything, what would be the immediate reaction of the Jets in your mind? Would that just be like, would it just be, let's start getting Simeon ready? We don't really have any other options. Because we heard from the team this week, they've invested too much in Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to bring in a top flight quarterback to try and to try and fix this. So this is what you have. Would that be the only option for the Jets, just even optically? And just, I mean... Like, do you see any any negatives to the Jets if they if they lose this game or if they? Because we're already hearing about like coaches' heads being on the chopping block after the season potentially. Yeah, well, I think you said it kind of exactly what I was going to say. But when when you think about you know losing the locker room and how now Salah is pointed out to be this Zach Wilson apologist, apparently, I think you're going to start to lose your your defense, and I think you're going to have guys that are you know. Uh, not necessarily in a form of action. You know, they're all right after the game, their their post-game press conferences, you know, they, they might be like, yeah, you know, tough loss, kind of don't want to talk about it. But you might start seeing guys getting a little chippy with the media. You know, like, obviously, I don't think it's this bad, but Sean Payton, I don't know if you saw those post-game uh, interviews after they got 70 dropped on them. They He was not in a good mood, and he made it very, very well known how unhappy he was. I don't know if it's like a motivating tactic for his team, but I can see the, the Jets' defense kind of coming together after a loss or, you know, an expected bad loss is what we just kind of broke down. And I, I don't know if they're going to be as, you know, as, yeah, Zach's our guy as they were before. And I think they might actually start voicing that after the game. And, you know, you said this this is beginning to rip from the seams. 
that that might tear the whole thing apart because uh, then you're gonna have a divided locker room, and then you're gonna if it's not already is kind of what I'm what I'm trying to say. So I think they, if anything, it just becomes more and more apparent how divided this locker room is. And and you know I don't necessarily think heads will roll this week, but if you if you're a coach and your locker room is divided after one injury per se, albeit you know the probably the biggest impact injury possibly in this entire franchise history i i think that kind of that still falls on you and you're part of the job of a head coach is to make sure that your locker room is together the locker room is clearly not together right now and there it is showing on the field and i'm a big believer in what you what you don't see off the field is what you actually see on the field so uh yeah you know they if they get blown out and the doors get blown off and you know maybe there's some more arguing on the sidelines uh, things can get really, really ugly here really soon. Um, but luckily enough for us New York fans, we are absolutely gifted back-to-back primetime New York games. The Giants hosting the Seattle Seahawks back-to-back nights at MetLife, name of my next memoir. Um, Giants are plus one and a half at home to be two and one Seahawks. This is a tough game to pick. I feel like these are... Not similar teams, but evenly matched teams. I, I mean, part of me wants to to pick the Giants just for the sake of picking the Giants. Um, if this game is in Seattle, I'm all over Seattle. I, I, I think I, I think I'm going to take the Giants. I, I think the Giants can uh, can squeak one out. I'm going to take them to win this game outright. And I agree with you. I, I think that the Giants. I all signs point that Barkley will play in this game. Um, and I think, you know, the Seahawks are, are good. And this I, I actually think that this could be a little bit of a sneaky offensive battle here. I, I like I like what I've seen out of Daniel Jones, not necessarily the rest of the offense. But again, he gets his top weapon back, gets kind of, you know, what he had uh, the entire offseason to work with back and together. Um, and, you know, I think the Giants, I still think they're the Giants are closer to the second half of the Cardinals game than they are you know, the first three halves of the season, right? Against the Cowboys in the first half against the Cardinals. We've said that. Um, I, I, you know, obviously the Giants' expectations need to be a little bit tampered, I, I think, than they were in the beginning of the season. I don't think they're going to be, you know, any sort of loud playoff contender. But I, I think that this team, unlike the Jets, you know, they, they lose a really tough game to the 49ers, which you can argue the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. Uh, they only scored 12 points, sure, but I think I think that game was a lot closer than this than you know thirty to twelve. Like that game was more so. You know, Giants had had a couple shots there. Uh, the the 49ers had a couple big plays that kind of went for what kind of changed the the pace of the game. As long as Daniel Jones can control the football in this game, and you know I'm looking looking at this defense more so than the offense here for the Giants. And I think that at home with the crowd behind them, that defense will be up for this game. So I'll go with the Giants. Uh, plus one and a half there at home. Yeah, they're going to even it out at some point. I think they've had a a rough start to the to the season here. I mean, week one was just a debacle uh, with Dallas coming into town. You have just a really tough game against San Francisco. But like you pointed out, that game didn't feel like the game against Dallas. Uh, so I, I think the Giants find a way to even it out somewhere around here. And, and, you know, you'll start to feel a little bit differently about the Giants if, you know, if they could win a primetime game against a good team like Seattle. Um you know, I think you start to feel better about the Giants. I wanted to ask you a question, and what made me think about it was the when you brought up the Robert Sala being accused of 
being a Zach Wilson apologist. And this isn't really even a Jets question. I guess the Jets are the example here, but it's more of just an NFL-wide uh, question. And uh, I wanted to hit this before we officially submit our picks. We we understand that Robert Sala has no choice here. That there's no... And it's actually funny to see that Robert Sala kind of like... At, right after saying, oh, Zach's our guy, Zach's our guy. And then all this, you know, comes out about the Jets. They bring in a quarterback. But this locker room, these players, anyone who's making noise or labeling Sala a Zach Wilson defender or really just any situation like this in the NFL. How is it possible or is it even possible that that locker room is less aware than let's say you or me? Whereas like there's, I feel like Sala is the last person to, to blame for something like this. I mean, Zach's not his pick. He doesn't get to decide if you replace Zach Wilson. He's kind of just, these are just the cards he's dealt and this is the team that he has to play. So why is it that, is it just because there's no one else to direct your anger at because you don't see Joe Douglas and there's really no one else that you could let this all out about that Sala is public enemy number one in the Jets locker room? And I just, I don't understand because you and me just as dumb, dumb fans can see like, well, what, what else is Sala going to do? What, like, what do you want him to say? I feel like that's a no brainer, but then you see the Jets locker room start to fall apart and tensions rise and players may be starting to revolt against Salah. And it's like, that's not the guy. So how, how is it possible that players don't don't gather all that? Or is it just too emotional that they don't really think in those terms? Well, I, th- I think that there's definitely something to, I guess, maybe where and to whom you say it to. So like when, you know, in, at, gut, at gut instinct, right? Like if you're picture yourself as, as a defensive player on the Jets and, you know, you know that you're, everyone knows with anyone with two eyes can tell that your offense can't move the ball and it just looks absolutely miserable. So then you see, you know, obviously after the game, like you said, you're full of emotions and you're full of, you know, you're in the locker room, just like stewing about, you know, what, what went wrong or what we could have done better. And, you know, you're thinking to your defense, we couldn't really have done much better, right? Like we, uh, you know, we're obviously like, doing our best here and 15 points get letting out 15 points should lead you to wins. But then, and then you turn in the TV and you see the first thing that your head coach says is, you know, the guys around Zach have to help him more. And it's like, okay. And then, you know, even, but you know, that'll make you feel some certain type of way. But then, you know, even if, if Sala were to go to the defense and say, Hey, look, like that's the best thing that's going to just shut the media up for me to say that. Uh, but listen, you guys have done amazing, blah, blah, blah. Like if he's complimentary of them on the side, that's one thing. But I think if you're Robert Sala, the the way to this is, you know, I'm, I'm all for taking the pressure off of your quarterback. Right. And like you said, every headline that goes that, that is about the Jets now and every former player now is being asked, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. But the reason they're saying that is not because is not is is because of the play on the field and what Robert Sala backs it up with not they're not looking at anything else and i think that the the better approach to this was if sala took the approach of not singling guys out not not splitting the team in half he by saying that he's backing up Zach Wilson regardless of what he's saying on the side is splitting the team in half how about you just say that when we lose the team we lose the team or when we lose we lose the team because yeah, obviously the defense is holding up their end of the bargain and the offense is not. Your first reaction should not be to to say that Zach Wilson, to make Zach Wilson's job easier 
when your defense is out there working 10 times harder. Does that make any sense? They like to no, say does. that. And, and I, I think that I think it's it's such a they're they're so the Jets is a I guess a macro Jets statement. They're so focused on, you know, not necessarily making making this Zach Wilson pick and choice right, but they're committed to, you know, getting every single last little breath out of Zach Wilson that the chance, you know, got like let's just say the Jets win this game and Zach Wilson has a great game. The the story is going to be wow, great job by the Jets by for sticking with them, or that's what they're going to want the story to be. But I think that there it is such a convoluted way of thinking about an organization where you are you're you're taking the weight off of your quarterback's shoulders who is underperforming, and also saying that the guys around him have to help him when the guys on the everyone on the other side of the ball is doing their job to a T almost. That. I would be very upset at that, and I think that that's what falls on Solom more so than and not not necessarily what should he do, but maybe it's what he shouldn't do. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of like Solom verbiage in there that you kind of mentioned that I didn't really put together. Like it is it, it is something to go out there and have a game like that, and then the first thing you hear from your head coach is like, "Well, we we got to help Zach out more." Yeah, like, like, what, what kind of help they, does he need? Yeah, they 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 reek of uh, dysfunction and. I don't know if this is a reach, but that kind of just makes me fear for like the communication in the building. Because even if Salah has to face the media and say the things that he says, how are he, how are these players not being informed of like, listen, guys, I have to support the quarterback. Like, how is that? How is there not an open dialogue in that building? I don't know. Just something I wanted to get to. But uh, I would like to officially submit our picks. So uh, I kind of mentioned mine already. I'll just get those out of the way. Uh, I, I'm very curious of yours, but um, as I, as I was going, I, th- I think I do too. Just for clarification, my one point play, Bills minus two and a half, two point play, Cowboys minus six and a half. The floor is yours. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I leaned on Rams Colts. I said I do love Gardner Minshew. But I like the Rams. I like watching the Rams play football. I think they're they're kind of exciting again. And out of nowhere, no one expected it. There's like three offensive weapons on this team that you never thought anything of. And now they're kind of like, you know, even like fantasy must adds. I think Stafford's healthy. I think Stafford's slinging it. I really like the Rams. I don't I don't know what it is. Um, I, I think they're able to, uh, and they're actually dogs going into this game. Very slight dogs. Uh, I think they should go into... Uh, Indianapolis and when that came out right I like the Rams as my one point play and uh, for my two yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do the underdog play I'm gonna take Tampa going into New Orleans uh, for a lot of the reasons you said uh, Jameis Winston in there I think he's good for a couple turnovers and I'm a Jameis fan um, but no I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this uh, little Baker uh, Bucks hype train here I, I think they could win this game so for you're taking them as a three point play to win okay. yeah, three point outright underdog winner Wow, ballsy. And what do you have that at? Was it plus 140, 145? 145. Plus 145 there. I like it. I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I'm not the craziest about the Rams pick, but I really do like the Bucks. that Bucks pick, and I think it's uh, there's really good thinking there. So I think that's going to be a pick where, you know, maybe the Bucks lose by a field goal, but we're here on, you know, Monday, Tuesday next week, and we say, I take it again. Yeah. Right? Has that, has that written all over it, so. Um, anything else you wanted to get to before we get out of here? No, I think we should change underdog pick to just just call it like like the sniff. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use a sniff this week. I feel, I feel like that's kind of our term. We could do that. 
I can I can definitely do that. We'll we'll get with the uh the graphics department and and start maybe start a new graphic of some sort. But um I I can get behind that for sure. But uh all right, so we'll be back. A little bit of a weird schedule next week with the with you know Sunday night Monday night. So probably Tuesday record. So maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday episode next week to kind of recap. Um maybe a one and one Monday or Sunday Monday night here for the two local teams. Who knows? But uh, regardless, thank you all for listening. Uh, appreciate it always. Go follow us on all of our socials. And, uh, you know, again, not for nothing, just just as a closing statement here. Combined on the podcast with the guest pick, we are 10 and 5. So we are quite literally one of the very few shows that are making you money while you listen. So just want to throw that out there. Thank you for listening. Go Jets.